I would be spinning on my head on cardboard when, <laughs> when my dad would be coming. This is in the 80s. You were just an idea. And uh, my dad would be like, this is not why we came to America. <laughs> Welcome to Burning in Hell. What is up, guys? This is Hannah Burner, and we're in hell, but we're in a special hell today. We are in therapy hell with the angry therapist, John Kim. Welcome. How are you, John? How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm feeling very great today. I'm feeling like the um, the frozen cursor on your computer screen when 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 it just I, I don't I don't I was supposed to work out I didn't go uh, didn't do much content I'm just sitting around the house eating a lot of chips. I respect that. I feel like yeah. I've been great for a while and I just started to force myself to like work out a little and mm-hmm. to like make a little more content. But I appreciate your honesty and. Just to open this up, I want to know, what are you angry about? Um, so I used to be angry uh, <laughs> in my 20s, my 30s. Um, it, it came from being unhappy, you know. I was, um, uh, I grew up in L.A. and uh, I uh, was a screenwriter before I became a therapist. And I was married. The marriage was falling apart. I was just chasing shiny things. Um, I put pause on my life until I got, you know, um, at that time, my definition of happy was like a three-picture deal. Yep. The um, you know Porsche Range Rover combo and the horseshoe-shaped driveway, the house in the hills, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And because that never happened, um, I was just angry, and I and I uh, I didn't live. I just kind of existed. Mm. So spent a lot of my time in um, coffee shops, just punching keys and thinking of act breaks, um, waiting for something you know amazing to happen, and. Um, the amazing thing that did happen, it wasn't amazing at the time. It didn't feel like ama- it was amazing, but uh, it was my divorce. And that uh, sent me into um, therapy school, doing my own work, um, writing self-help books, you know, all, all, all the stuff I'm doing today. Wow, we've only been two minutes in and you've already been so fucking open and hit on so many important things already. <laughs> so I've, I'm, I'm I, very I've, excited. I've, 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 I've also told you my life story in two minutes, so thank you for having me. Uh, It was wonderful. (laughs) Yep, we hope to see you next time. Um, I actually have your books pulled up. It's I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck, An Every Man's Guide to a Meaningful Life, and Single on Purpose, Find Yourself First. It sounds like you fucked up a lot. Yeah, I think I did. Um, In the general um, terms of like, you've experienced like you're practicing what you're preaching if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah um in the tumblr days i started a blog called the angry therapist i just thought it was funny that a therapist was angry (laughs) and i i I didn't think anyone would read it it was my own journal um and it was very therapeutic for me because I, i didn't have much of a life and so i remember just blogging and being creative and um yeah that's the that was the um that's what started it all was that that whole blog it's you funny know, you I mean, mentioned being korean because my first ever job was hostess at a korean restaurant in brooklyn oh <laughs> so my I, god i was like i fucked with bibimbaps like i was eating yeah, and it yeah, was like yeah. a nice korean barbecue and there were a lot of nice like korean families in our neighborhood but um they definitely were like very hardworking and yeah. incredible cuisine not to mess stereotype yeah. but the food was fucking good um, yep, Korean barbecue, and and also um, very emotional, right? Um, passionate, like, I would say. Pa- passionate, uh, similar up and to down. Italians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very vocal, um, very coming in hot, that kind of stuff. I were. I want to know, what did your parents want for you? Like, did they have high standards for you or expectations for you? Um, they came to America because the education is free here. And I think, you know, they just threw books at me. Uh, they wanted me to, you know, get straight A's. It's that whole quintessential Asian American thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I got into breakdancing. And I remember um, I would be spinning on my head on cardboard when, <laughs> when my dad would be coming. This is in the 80s. You were just an idea. And uh, my dad would be like, this is not why we came to America. And <laughs> you can that, do this in Korea. They have cardboard. <laughs> Well, it wasn't cool. Yeah, there was no such thing as uh, uh, what is it? Uh, BTS and all of that yeah, stuff back yeah, in the yeah. day. 
Right. But uh, yeah, and I, I remember um, that I, I, I paint that story because I've always been the black sheep. I've always been, you know, I'm not the, the Asian kid that uh, went to AP classes and, you know, uh, became a lawyer or any of that. Um, I was kind of the fuck up, the uh, C student, went to Cal State Northridge, studied film, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. So. It sounds. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I write self-help books and stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely love creativity. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely am more right brain than left. Mm-hmm. I also want to know how much do you yourself deal with depression or anxiety or, you know, mental health battles? Sure. Um, I think part of me being grayed out today um, is, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's like, um, it's not depression where I, I can't get off the couch, but yeah, a depressed mood, mm-hmm. um, anxiety all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have panic attacks, but uh, I have anxiety constantly. You know, I'm an Aries. I'm I'm always <laughs> I'm very impatient. I'm always running around. Um, you know, I need to breathe. I forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think depression, anxiety, especially with the the pandemic and everything that's happened this year. Um, so many people are struggling with those two things, yeah. being depressed, right? Not seeing what's going to happen, the uncertainty, um, the shaking of the life edge of sketch. Like, what does work look like? What does, especially if you're single during during this time, you're like, how do I, do I date? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And then the anxiety that comes from all of that, you know? I feel like you hit on relationship stuff. I was looking at your TikTok and the ones that were going viral were like definitely relationship questions that you were hitting hard like people will literally ask you like what's the most important part of a relationship should relationships be easy Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting coming from your perspective Mm -hmm. of someone who's like did the whole marriage thing Mm -hmm. does the whole dating thing Mm -hmm. and you explained that you're an anxious attachment style yeah can you explain what that means there's there's many but i'll just to clarify there's uh two main ones it's anxious attachment or avoidant mm. right and so the and then the secure is kind of where we're, we all want to be secure attached attachment styles come from upbringing you know our early days of attaching to um, mom dad parents and, and then from there outward into society but uh so you can my, blame your parents is what you're yeah, saying yes okay. yeah that's basically what i'm saying is Good. always blame yeah send Good. them the voicemail blame your parents <laughs> um my anxious attachment style looks like um if you don't call me, text me, tell me I'm sexy. <laughs> I think I think I think something's wrong. I think you know the relationship's over. I'm holding onto your leg instead of holding your hand. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> now I I've come a long way. I'm 48, so I'm definitely not as anxious. Um, but yeah, that that's tef- that's that's what um, I, I've struggled with in the past relationships. Um, the codependency, the enmeshment. The, the losing yourself and someone else. And I used to think that that was romantic. Like I used to think yeah. being, being a hopeless romantic, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to go down together or go up together. And, and I didn't know that uh, you're supposed to give someone your hand and not your life. Right. And wow. I think uh, the way that we've been programmed with society and Disney movies and, and the one and all that, it's like when you find you're one, and I think you're engaged, aren't you? Yes, I just got engaged. Yeah. I, I met a guy. Thank you. I met a guy during the pandemic. We got engaged. Wow. So I'm actually fascinated by this stuff right now because I'm apparently, I, I'm going to get married in a year. Mm-hmm. I, I'm making some big ass decisions. Yeah. But I, like, I want to break this shit down because you just made some really important points. I have like five minutes. No, I'd say 10 minutes of my stand-up comedy shitting on Disney movies. Just how, like, mm. they trained you to be attracted to, like, the worst douchebag guys. Like, the narcissistic <laughs> right. prince is, like, the what the guy you're supposed to get. When it's like, no, be with the nice, funny, cute one who cares about you. Right, right. Well, and, and also that that guy's supposed to save you, you know? I mean, the layers right. of fucked upness. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what you said is so right. There aren't necessarily like books of like how to fall in love or when you know it's right. It's all based mm-hmm. on gut feelings, which my gut feelings and my anxiety feelings can be very hard to differentiate. Yeah, yeah. distorted. Yes. And then you have your parents' yeah. stories. You have your friends' stories. Most of life is your girlfriend being like, what do you think he, he thinks <laughs> about me? And you're like, I don't know. It doesn't sound great. Um, right. But you had a lot of fascinating videos talking about like, what should relationships be? And you were talking mm-hmm. about how people think relationships should be easy. And you 
kind of have a different perspective on that. Yeah, um, they're not, <laughs> and you know this. Uh, they're they're not easy, and uh, I don't know what attachment style you are, but uh, when we get into relationships, um, you're not only. I mean, after the the honeymoon, right? Because the the first the first two weeks to a month is easy, meaning there's a lot of dopamine um, when you're discovering each other's stories and bodies. It's all exciting, and 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 you know, it's a literal drug. Yeah, you're you're high, <laughs> and um, that's exciting and fun, of course. But when that settles and you start seeing the dirty socks on the floors and and all of you know whatever a, a whole well rounded person, I think that's what when it gets hard because two people um, they're not just bringing themselves; they're bringing their stories, they're bringing their dysfunction, their trauma, their, and so that's when shit comes up, you know, and then you have to work through all that. And we never learn like in high school, you know, with geometry, fucking long division, we learn things we never use. Um, and then we get into relationships and we're just like, Oh, yeah, this feels amazing. But that feeling may be dysfunction, it may not be healthy, especially if you're comfortable with this dysfunction from your upbringing maybe yeah if if that's the norm absolutely and that's that's what i find many people mistake that lightning in the bottle for chemistry or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's actually dysfunction it's what smells familiar it's what you're used to that pattern just repeating yeah and then you get into a relationship you're like oh i can't do this and then you find someone else and then you go with that quote-unquote lightning again and the only thing that changes um, are faces but it's the same shit same you know same pattern so breaking patterns is a huge huge thing um to start to evolve and grow and you know have a new experience i'm like okay now i need help i in my relationships well i grew up very sports oriented where my dad was always like don't let men distract you so Mm -hmm. i guess that was building already like kind of an avoidant thing (laughs) of like men will mess with your head or men will confuse you men will hurt you you have to focus because god forbid you lose your tennis match because of a guy my dad will kill me which you know we can unpack another time but wait wait wait. how 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 old were you when when you were getting those messages and you were playing tennis and your dad was like young like like 11 12 right yeah yeah, so at that age, I mean, you're just you're just powdered snow. And if that's, you know what I'm saying, if that's your first imprint, um, of course that's going to make you at least cautious or avoidant or, you know, the, the underneath, the subconscious, uh, your dad saying men are distractions, you know, whatever it is, whatever message yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so then I did this thing in relationships where I'd hear a lot of, I had a lot of guy friends and they're always like, oh, girls are so annoying, girls are crazy, girls are so annoying. So in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to be that annoying crazy girl Mm, so in relationships i would put on this like coolest easiest right easiest going great performance for like six months and i would i would rarely fight with any of my boyfriends because i would just kind of deal with whatever their shit was going on and Mm -hmm. then eventually i'd get sick of it and for one day wake up and be like i'm done with this and they'd be like why and i'd be like i never addressed it i never talked about (laughs) it but i guess i i knew when things would be wrong but i would never fight for it i'd never even give them the chance to see what i'm really like it was more like Mm. i mean and maybe it's a different way of finding out they're not right for you but I never would even get into it with people. Like I was too scared to even get into it, the confrontation. Yeah, and you just said something um, scared. Uh, it's scary to show ourselves. It's yeah. scary to actually uh, be vulnerable and, you know, um, like show. It's easier to get naked. Like that's easy, physically. It's scary to uh, show someone who we truly are, what we're going through, what scares us, what's difficult for us. You know all of that stuff. So yeah. So and basically, I'm a sarcastic you, bitch. So it's very easy for me to just use humor hide. to like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to absolutely. just be like, we're flirting, we're flirting. Who knows? Right, right. Who knows? <laughs> 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 and you put on this mask. Right. And I most so so that means that in your relationships you did a lot of um, um, doing life around the person, not with. So yeah, um, I I talk about doing life with instead of at or around. And so if you're hiding and you're masking with humor and you're being avoidant that's doing life around someone um so they, they never really got to see hannah like truly no. who you are no yeah. and then it's funny because i would or i'd be attracted to guys who i knew they were very um, unavailable because i mm-hmm. knew that it would never mm-hmm. and then towards the end of that was when i met my fiance mm. which he's funny because he's 45 and i'm right. 30 
And right. you say like you with someone you you meet, you have all their history with it too. Yep. So it's like I wonder if I had met this guy when he was younger in life, if his history would have meshed with my history. Like I feel like I met him at this time in his life where he finally was ready to like be open. And it was yeah. him that was like you're the kind of person I want to be with. That made me feel like, wait, can I get out of my cave? Like, well, he may he may be the catalyst that um, pulls you finally out of you know puts the walls down. Like your your drawbridge on your castle comes down because yeah. he's able to do that because you trust him or and the there relationship. Were yeah. No games, no games. But mm-hmm. I was talking to my friend earlier today how we need to fucking normalize the post. the post like dopamine puppy dog love stage because I feel like so many people get to it and you have less sex or you get into some fights and you're like oh it's over it's done right 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 also you know um swipe culture has created um a lot of impatient uh instant gratification Mm -hmm. and so it's we, we have that thing um, now that we've become baseball cards. It's like, oh, uh, there's a little discomfort. Well, I've got eight other people. They're DMing me. I've got choices. And it's like, okay, you do, but those people aren't perfect either. And you're going to have to do the work. So like every relationship is built. Every relationship is hard. And if you can't swallow that, you're, you're just going to be uh, exhausted. <laughs> well, you guys need to follow you need to follow the angry therapist on Instagram, on TikTok, because I did a deep dive and it's all in my notes, but you were talking about the most important part of a relationship, which is obviously a very general clickbaity type thing. But the first thing you started talking about was the end of you, like how they make you feel. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense in terms of like, how the fuck are you gonna make a relationship work when you don't even like you? Yeah, yeah, you're talking about, are you talking about your relationship with yourself? Yeah, and it sounds like something you've discovered in terms of it didn't sound like you were comfortable with yourself in your 20s. I didn't know. I didn't know myself. I, I was just uh, programmed by Los Angeles. and <laughs> Which is I, dangerous. I, dangerous. Which is dangerous, right. And I was just chasing the shine, you know. I thought, um, okay, if I get the hot girl and the house on the hills and the cars and the deals, oh, then that's happy. I'm going to swim there as hard as I, fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no sense of self. So after my divorce, uh, I went through a long stretch, like four or five years of being single um, on purpose. And it was lonely. And it was, you know, I was, I, I, you know, I went through all the feelings and all that. Um, but I, but I went in like, I, I bought a motorcycle that one behind that six yeah. now. And I started doing things for me, getting some tattoos. Mm-hmm. I started blogging. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, um, start building a relationship with myself, you know? So I spent a lot of time by myself sitting at diners and coffee shops and, um, just getting comfortable with me. I have clients who can't even go to the, to the movies by themselves. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, I, it's just weird. I was like, well, what are you bringing to the table if you're, bringing someone who is dependent on someone else, you know, you got to like feel that energy. I feel like they can yeah, feel when you're not yeah. comfortable in your yeah. own skin. Yeah. You, you got to bring um, a life to the table. So you have to bring your own life, friends, passions, hobbies. Yes. So you have two people that are coming together instead of your whole life hangs on this one person. They're the son you revolve around. Okay, great. That sounds romantic. It feels romantic, um, but that's very lopsided in the relationship, you know. And then you're going to be scared if anything goes wrong or all the, you know. And so then you're not really being your authentic self. You're exchanging, you know, your wow. your truth for this other thing. And so, the yeah. sorry, I'm using you for my own experiences, but I just have to say the universe is fucked up. Because I've always been very career driven and career focused. Mm-hmm. I went from sports mm-hmm. to now like entertainment. And my fiance is like you, where he's done a lot of work, where like mm. he loves sitting alone at coffee shops. The little things bring him joy. He's right, had right. like money, fame moments. He doesn't care about that anymore. But mm-hmm. I had like met him at the height of like my entertainment career that I'd mm-hmm. been working on, where like I was buzzing, I was hot, I was feeling myself. And then a couple months into our relationship, I had some horrible career shit happen, mm-hmm. like lost some gigs, like it, like my reputation yeah. was getting like bad things happening and I felt empty. And I remember sure. him being like, 
yeah, because you can't have your happiness just surrounding your career. And I'm like, but it made me so happy. <laughs> right. And I had to literally tell myself, he doesn't just love you because you're on TV. Ooh, yeah. Or he doesn't just, yeah. even though my whole life, people always gave me more attention when I'd win. Sure. Or love sure. me more. Like, so we're raised sure. on that. But I had to literally figure out like, A, this dude is going to love me even if I lose all my jobs. And B, am I going to still love myself when I, if my career has its lows? Yeah. And listen, I'm sorry you went through that. I know entertainment is feast or famine and all that, but yeah. you know, it's a, gr it's a great, um, it, it's a great die marker to see if this person's real, if this person will be around, if this person's with you because you're famous or because of you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that must've been tough. But also if you were playing sports at an early age and the pressures of winning and losing at 10, you're, you're wired a certain way. So you know, um, fuck Hollywood and entertainment. To, I had to face like my biggest fear, which is like not like I thought he definitely liked me because I was partially because I was successful and I was really mm -hmm. proud of it and I wore it like mm -hmm. a badge. And then the universe was like, mm, let's let's level up. Let's see. Let's take that away from you and exactly, see what happens. <laughs> exactly. Right. Now, right. you mentioned you're an Aries. Are you into astrology? Are you spiritual? Are you like where? Give me the sauce. What's um, going on? I, I believe I have a, my birth chart on my arm. Um, oh, I, yeah, fuck I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in this. I believe in the stars. Um, and you know, as I uh, turn the corner and, and swim toward fifty, um, yeah, spirit, spirituality is very important to me. It's something I'm exploring. Um, but I'm. I don't have like a religion. I don't have. I'm. I'm open. You know, I'm open. But I do believe in things greater than ourselves, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you also were talking about your early 20s and mistakes you made and we have a lot of listeners in their 20s so do you mm -hmm. have any kind of insight off the top of your head of shit you want people to know about their 20s yeah uh number one um um and this is not only 20s i think this is um the difference between i was a child so from a child to to, to crossing that great divide to being a man mm -hmm. um i was a, i was a walking reaction so instead of reacting if you have the ability to respond that one thing changes everything. Mm. So um, in my 20s, I was angry. I was throwing chairs. I was Everything was a reaction, knee jerk. Um, the ability, because I think it takes practice, to actually put a speed bump there and take a minute and to look inward. Where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. Think about what you're going to say, you know, all of that. And then it, it, it ripples into relationships. You know, in my early relationships, I would just steamroll. I would be argumentative. I'd be very defensive. And it flips the magnet, you know, and they're like, you can't, this, it's not soil. Um, so yeah, it might, and, and I think your, your 20s, they're all about exploring. But um, if you can start to practice responding instead of reacting, I think it's a huge game changer. That's awesome. And also, I always joke that in relationships, it's not about not fighting. It's about like being good at fighting with the person, like having yes. good fighting chemistry. So how oh, do you man. know if the relationship is like, is because you say relationships shouldn't necessarily be easy but how do you know if it's too hard like how well, do you, you know the difference yeah you just said something really good um it's not about how many times you fight it's about how you fight yeah right? so you should be able to choke out your partner no i'm kidding um you should <laughs> You know what, Hannah? Let let me let me let you do the comedy because that's not my my thing. <laughs> no, that's good. I liked it. <laughs> um, most people fight in a way that's not healthy. Um, we have people that are not creating a safe space. Mm -hmm. You're not empathetic. A lot of finger pointing. A lot of that kind of stuff. Um, you can fight every day as long as you're fighting fair. <laughs> you're like, have fun you're, with it. <laughs> yeah, get naked. Uh, no, you, you could fight in a way um, where there's rules, right? Where you're trying to, one of the things that I really love is this one sentence is try to understand before trying to be understood. Mm. So if two people are trying to understand before trying to be understood, they're going to be less reactive. It's, they're going to be pulling more from their heart than defense. Um, they're going to take ownership. And so that kind of fighting actually produces relationship glue. That kind of fighting gets people closer together after the fight. But if you're fighting in a destructive way where you're assassinating character or you're saying, you know, whatever, I don't know, I'm with you, you're this, you're that, um, eventually it's, gonna, it's not going to be sustainable. Eventually someone's going to tap out, you know? Yeah, it's I think in it. past relationships, I've known that some of the people I would not – 
I didn't think they'd be good at fighting as in like I feel like they'd I've seen them snap at other people so I would just mm-hmm. avoid it I would just be like I, right, I can't fight right. with this person because the second I do I wouldn't I I'd have to leave but I yeah. like wanted to make it work so I would just like bend over backwards and be and let them like do whatever and it's like you can't be afraid of fighting because then no, you can't then, get healthy boundaries I feel like yeah and, and also you're probably every time you do that you're going to um, start collecting, you know, your resentment coins, Ooh. you know, you're going to be angry inside. And then that, that piggy bank, is just not going to be able to hold the coins anymore. Then, <laughs> then you're just like, I'm done. And, and the person's like, what are you talking about? And yeah. you're like, well, I've been done. It's just been a, a, accumulating, you know, it's like death by a thousand paper cuts. It weighed on you. Burner phone is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. And also, my brother actually got married this past weekend. And I was actually listening to the vows for maybe the first time. And there was something about like, they were just emphasizing like there's going to be lows. Like Mm -hmm. when you get in relationships... Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily even the relationship has a low, but like personally, you are going to go through lows and like finding a way to be there for your partner in the highs and lows that is natural with life, which can be difficult if it's not like a healthy base of the relationship, I feel like. Yeah. And and, and I think also society paints marriage as, you know, once you're married, you've, you've reached the island. It's all downhill that's a good thing mm-hmm. and, and it's it's not i mean it's the the i always say the picket fence has splinters mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's hard it's a, marriage is hard like it, i think marriage is um harder than when you're dating because when you're dating there's less at stake you know yes. there isn't this big promise um marriage will force you to uh look at yourself for sure and dating you can, yeah you can leave there isn't that that heavy pressure I also feel like, is there anything else about relationships that you think people don't know about enough and that society has like glamorized that just isn't true? Oh, besides the fact that they're hard? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I, I disagree with, like uh, the one, you know, um, I think uh, we were kind of programmed to like find the one and uh it's like purpose where uh, we don't just have one purpose. I think we have many, you know, the, and, and the one is the one that is in front of you. That's the one. So in your case, your fiance is the one, you know, if you start thinking about the one or the one that got away, like that kind of stuff, it pulls you out of um, the present. It, you know, now you're in your head and you're in the past and you're also a lot of like, what is, you know? And so um, the one and, and the one that got away, all of that stuff, I think it can be a cop out. To not doing the work. Do you believe taking a break in a relationship works? Yes, but only if it's not like, okay, let's put this on pause. I'm going to go fuck other people. But it's, okay, let's have a goal. So let's put this on pause. What are you going to do? What am I going to do? When are we coming back? To, like, there has to be rules, right? Yes. Can I text you? Can we, you know, um, I think a pause can can definitely be helpful. Most people, they take pauses and they just like go and try to hook up with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously the, the um, probably the worst thing you can do. Yeah. And then the resentments will just continue to go. Yeah. I, and there's just there's more problems, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I have like so many relationship questions. They're just so funny. But I also want to understand. It's OK because you're going to get an invoice after this, which is what my goal is. <laughs> yeah. I will, no, this, I'll Venmo you 100%. I do, <laughs> I was thinking about growing up in LA and I grew up in New York and everything's about, you mm-hmm. know, grinding and succeeding and all that stuff. How did you finally get out? Like, where was the transition of you being like, I don't need that stuff versus also you like building your own brand now and find, and in a culture that's about likes and follows, like now that you're building a brand, staying kind of i don't know even keel and not caring too much about all that stuff um 
when you see all that stuff you're talking about like the external the like exter- the thing. yeah because now that like you actually have this hot brand and you're posting videos how do you not yeah. find yourself in that same position of like okay well i need to make the most money and then i need to get the most followers and the most views and all that stuff yeah well first of all i don't know if my brand is hot but um <laughs> i like it <laughs> I, I thank you i struggle with it it's still a thing you know i still want more and it, like i remember thinking to myself when i when i started this and, and social media was, was was like a thing i was like oh if i could just get like thirty thousand followers that would be amazing mm-hmm. you know and then when you get there you're like okay now i want 200 mm-hmm. and then when you get to 200 you're like okay i want that one mil. it's it's um <laughs> it's it's just a way that that humans are you know um we rarely uh, and I think this is why practicing gratitude is so important, but we r- rarely compare ourselves with people who have less. We're always comparing ourselves to people who have more, who are prettier, who are, you know, whatever, more successful. And so I fall into that trap all the time. You know, um, once I started getting book deals, then I wanted like other media stuff. Now, I, you know, then I want TV stuff. And then once I, you know, so it's like, it's something I currently still struggle with. Um, it doesn't help that I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but it's it's always kind of there. But I definitely um, am stronger at um, smelling the uh, what is it? Smelling the flowers and being present and um, really being grateful for what I have instead of chasing something that is you know a mirage. Now there, I really like all that stuff. There are a lot of people out here, especially on TikTok, teaching about wellness and teaching mm-hmm. about like morning routines and like kind of make glamorizing the wellness process is there anything Mm -hmm. that you would like to clear up about the wellness process or about healing that you think has like i don't know is misunderstood right now especially for like millennial women yeah i think because wellness has become um commercialized uh which is actually a good thing like you know there's less stigma with seeing a therapist Mm -hmm. um you know you get judged less and all that um but i think People think wellness means reading some self-help books or, you know, quote unquote, doing the work means, you know, taking some video courses. Um, The work requires an inner journey, usually with a therapist. You know, you can't process by yourself. So um, I think that the the biggest misconception about self-love or or, uh, self-betterment is that you know you could just listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or I mean these things are helpful yes. I mean you know um, I send out texts I do everything I can to help people but the, like the actual inner journey and the process and to all that shit's hard and that takes therapy that takes couples counseling that takes you know hard conversations it's not because people are just throwing around fancy memes that that are cute and that that actually you know that are okay it's a great reminder yeah but like that's not doing the work. it's not like a one size fits all like if you right. can eat the right food and you get the right crystal everyone will have the same level of happiness it's so much more yeah. complex than that okay you're doing amazing john i'm gonna um when, whenever you whenever you want me to insert this um uh, i want to read something to you that's just like 60 seconds that i wrote a while yes. ago because you're, you were talking about love yes. and marriage and um let's you do it right now? now oh shit all right well <laughs> no pressure it was going to be my thing in my back pocket that I later, but okay, let's do it right now. All right, let's front load this. Because <laughs> we're going to finish um, with a game, but yes, I want to okay. hear this message. Okay, so we'll do this, and then, um, then we'll do the game. Okay, dear love, this, by the way, if I get married again, this is, this is probably what I'll read in, in, uh, in oh, you know, when exchanging vows. Yeah, all right. Dear love. We will both understand that there will be days when we can't stand each other. There will be days when you will want to punch me in the face and I will want to take the long way home. We will disagree on things like movies and books and politics and what to buy at the grocery store. I will forget things, misplace things. You will run late. Our friends will have opinions of us. We will fight, maybe a lot. You will shut down. I will wonder. But at the end of the day, we will both come back to each other. And your head will always fall back on my chest. And no matter how many times we fight, we will always fight fair. That will be a non-negotiable. And we will be together knowing that we are choosing to be together, not because of logic or loneliness or a ticking clock, not because we look good on paper, take cute photos or think we'll make cute babies, not because we've already committed to this, not because we don't want to be alone, but because we believe in us and make a choice every day to be in this and love each other the best way we know how. Our relationship will not be built on fear, as many are, but instead courage and transparency. 
And like any relationship, ours will also be hard. And like any relationship, there is no guarantee. We will not compare this to what was. Any residue we have from our past relationships, we will work on individually. It is our own responsibility and what being in something healthy looks like. We will sharpen each other and I will make you feel beautiful and you will make me feel invincible and vice versa. The only thing we can promise is to be honest and love as hard as we can. We both know there is risk. We both know we can get hurt. We are, but we are willing to put that on the line to experience the higher notes of something meaningful. We will take responsibility for our own shit, but also leave room for magic and settle for nothing less. Wow. Wow. I, I mean, that was therapy in itself. But <laughs> And everyone should take notes at the wedding if that is what happens. But that like took you on like a whole full journey of just like a lot of little notes of like importance. And I love that you also went right into the negative. Like, yeah, like we're going to yeah. fight. We're going to. Because it's true. And I think that we don't look at that. And I, and I think it's, it's, you know, nothing can be built without truth. And that is truth. You are going to fight. And there's going to be disconnection. There's going to be drift and all of that, you know. Um, so starting there is, is where, you, where I think people meet instead of um, pretending that something is going to be, um, you know, fluffy clouds and happily ever after. Yeah, and I do think there's an importance of like you being comfortable with yourself and you yeah. knowing what you're bringing to the table and knowing what you're signing up for. Yeah, is not a fairy tale, knowing that yeah. it's, a journey of imperfection, which is yeah. part of everything. You know, you know, what's funny is when I first got married, so I was 29, um, I read something like this and it was so different because that was all about like, oh, you're the one. And you know, it was very like lovey dovey. Mm -hmm. and, and when all I look of that. into your eyes, there's yeah. everything yeah. else disappears. Yeah. Yeah. It was all that. I was crying and, you know, and, and, and you know what? It was what it was for that point in my life. And now this is my truth. You could see the character arc. You could see like yeah. I've gone somewhere and come back, you know. You even mentioned like what people may say about us. And like those are all things yeah. that people don't even think about in a relationship right. that can affect you in so many different sure. ways. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for letting me read that. I fucking love that. Yeah, let's um, do the game. Hell yeah. And a perfect segue. <laughs> now that we're just feeling in touch with our feelings, it's time to play the seven deadly sins. Seven Deadly Sins. What are you greedy about? Oh, God. Greedy about um, my, my time. Um, I'm actually an introvert, so I'm really greedy. I'm the guy at the party that will slip out the back or um, I'll invite people over and then I'll be in the bedroom reading a book. You know, what I'm talking about? I'll slip out and I'll be doing something and be like, what are you doing? This is your party. It's like, you're like, my yeah, social man. battery is up. Sorry, bro. Yeah, exactly. I have a very short uh, social battery life, I guess. I'm actually very similar, but I thought it was me being like lazy or like a bad friend. Mm -hmm. And then I realized like, oh, no, I just this is how my battery works. Unless it's one on one. When it's one on one, it's long. Yeah, I'm terrible in groups. And one yeah, other, groups. I'll be the one in a party where I find like one other person who I can laugh with and I'll just stick with them like right, as long as right. I can. <laughs> right, right. Who are you envious of? Oh man, I'm envious of anyone who um, hits success um, with very little effort. Mm. And and this shit happens in Los Angeles all the time, mm -hmm. you know. And, and you know, of course, there are you know thousands, of, hundreds of thousands of people that that don't quote unquote make it. But mm -hmm. um, people that just like get uh, come here two weeks, three weeks in, they're already like <laughs> whatever their vision of success looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes me feel because I always felt like the kid that got held back. Yeah, you know, um, the late bloomer. Um, I sold my first book when I was like 40 something. I did my first squat at 35. And so oh people God. that people like 21 already have like whatever it is, record deals or they're built their empire. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's crazy. It's, I once heard a quote that it's like life is like popcorn, even if, though it's the same temperature, we're going to pop at different times. Mm, and yeah. as someone, especially like with sports and entertainment, sometimes when people pop too early, like then it's like anything after that, they don't feel like is good enough. And like there's right, always like right. pros and cons to the like sure. popping, <laughs> if that makes I'm, sense. I'm the, 
I'm the corn kernel that like falls out of the machine and is in the corner. And then like, I mean, they still always say popped. people who become famous later in life are so much better because they have like such a better perspective on shit or people who become rich later in life. So I'm trying to make you feel better. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I agree with that. I, I, I um, In my 20s, um, again, because I was a walking reaction and angry, I was not uh, prepared for any success. It would have destroyed me. I would have been I would have been the, um, you know, the douchebag in the Ferrari yeah. uh, with the big ego and arrogant. Yeah. And, and the universe complete. was like, not for you right now. Yeah. Let's wait till you're 70. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll give Ferrari. you a <laughs> right. What are you gluttonous about? So like, what do you overindulge in? Oh, man. Um, this is going to sound weird because I'm sure most people say food. Mm-hmm. Um, I have addiction in my blood, and I think one of my addictions is um, my daily sweat working out. Um, I, I could I could go to the gym and work out for, for two, three hours and uh, waste waste my complete day. Um, so, yeah, it would be movement, some kind of um, – um, like I got into CrossFit for a long time. So something that uh, – has a hero's journey so any kind of workout where you're just like suffering i'm i'm addicted to wow i mean i guess it's one of the healthier things to be addicted to but it's funny how you could get addicted to anything if you really focus on it enough but you said you did squats later in life did you not work out in the beginning um i was one of those guys that just went in to do like biceps and um and you know like the like leg day every day there was no leg day so i looked (laughs) like a pigeon like i had these tiny skinny legs (laughs) And then, um, and then when I was 35, I found functional fitness and, and it's all about like leg squatting. And it's like, Oh my God, what is this? Um, yeah, I just did arm curls and like bench pressing. So you're doing the douche workout. Yeah. The douche workout. <laughs> this is a perfect one for you. When was the last time you experienced extreme wrath or anger? So even though you've Ooh. done a lot of work on yourself, what's been the most recent time that you got pissed the fuck off? Oh, uh, it's a uh, road rage stuff. So I was, uh, <laughs> I was driving LA. It's, it's, it's so weird that when you're in your car, um, you become a different person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's because you feel safe because there's things that you would never do outside of the car, but because you're in your car, you're like, yeah, you just, have this protection. Like, you would probably, yeah. I mean, not, not you, but just in general, um, people would shoot people, yeah. it, but, but like if you were at the supermarket, you would never. No. You know, but like in the car, you're like, oh, fuck it. I hope you die. I'm going to chase you home. When like so, 10 minutes earlier, you could have done the same thing to someone else and like thought nothing of it. <laughs> like yeah, you cut someone yeah. else. So you, yeah. you turned in front of them. I, I was on my phone. And so I was driving a little slow and this giant um, lifted truck with um, two American flags um, screamed past me and was yelling obscenities. And then it pulled over wanting me to go there. I, I, I think he wanted to fight. Um, and then there was there was that crossroads where it's like, do I do I go and become that angry Korean guy, and or do I look? I'm 48. I've got a child. Do I just you know um, take the higher road? And uh, I I took the higher road, but I was furious. Like I I wanted to take a bat to this person, like that kind of rage. Yeah. But that was the last time. Yeah. But you you chose the right path. No pun intended. Well, that's because I can't fight. And you know, I my ass. <laughs> You're like I could I could squat, but I can't actually hit anyone. I could talk about feelings all day. Um, <laughs> you could have decided what his demons were and unpack them for him. Um, yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? So like just a lazy piece of shit said, I'm not doing anything oh. today. I'm not looking at emails. No. Yeah, today. That's awesome. Today, <laughs> today <laughs> I, I, I did nothing today. I had one meeting with um, representation and then I'm having this podcast with you. Um, did a couple of videos, but other than that, yeah, I How feel very often do you do you let yourself have like days to just chill? Um, one a week. I'm usually very productive. I'm at 5 a.m. But um, I think one t- I had this thing called Fuck It Friday uh, when I was working in nonprofit. Um, we were always just like so down and overworked, underpaid. I said, you know, what? on Friday, let's do one thing and just say, fuck it. So whether that's a donut or, or leaving home early, whatever it is, one thing for you that you wouldn't normally do, but you're going to do right. And so I think one, one day a week, we should have that fuck it Friday. It doesn't have to be on Friday, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know what? Fuck it. And today I could say it's a wash, but you know what? I'm just going to file it under self care. And I needed to do nothing today. Hell yeah. That's what I tell my fiance. I'm going, I'm having a mental health day today. And he's like, you're watching yeah. Netflix. I'm like, mental health day. <laughs> um, he's like, you, you had one yesterday and the day before as well. <laughs> I know. I'm like, don't tell me when I'm good. I know what I need. 
Um, I need a mental health month. He's so okay, funny because we're like kind of a different generation. So I'll be like, I'm having a mental health day. And he goes, it's called the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. it's a mental health day. <laughs> um, when was the last time you let your pride or your ego get in the way of something? Like, how's your ego? Yeah, um, it's big. All areas have big <laughs> egos. Uh, as you know, we're fire signs. Uh, today, I actually got into I got into it with my girlfriend. And we got into it. I, was, I think I was defensive i think i let some ego get in the way um so yeah today a lot of stuff happening today shit yeah today is it's as long as it's fresh in your mind to tell some good anecdotes yeah. <laughs> um when was the last time you lusted over someone so besides your girlfriend do you uh, have like a celebrity crush or like a type i don't have a type but i love um um this sounds uh, obvious but i love smart women i love funny women i love um um yeah, so uh, celebrity crushes. I don't know. We were talking other the other day. My girlfriend and I were talking about uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, I think I think uh, you know. And then there's the classic Natalie Portman. Everyone has a crush on her. Yeah, she went to like Harvard uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Has your type um, changed since your twenties? Yes, I think um, um, what I'm attracted to and who's attracted to me has changed. Ooh. And you. It usually does as you grow and evolve, right? So I used to be, I used to attract um, the wounded. Um, my dad uh, was an alcoholic. I have addiction in my blood. So I would fall under the category of, um, um, of what, what they would say, what they would call bad boy, but someone who's reactive, unpredictable, mm -hmm. um, you know, high strong and all that. Uh, so I was the predator and uh, uh, I, was, uh, the, I was attracted to prey. Mm. I was, I was, and, and the prey was attracted to me. So, someone who um, had something taken away from her growing up, maybe her voice, maybe you know, um, you know, where, where she's not able to express herself or doesn't like herself, where um, she's it, willing to take any of the negativity from you because she feels like she deserves it, and you're ready to express anger. Yeah, because of your own yeah. past traumas. Yeah, that that kind of trauma bond, yes. uh, as we call it, uh, that that was very potent. Um, and so today, as I start to to work more on myself, um, now I tr attract um, women who are um, not prey, women who actually can draw boundaries, say no, you know, call me out on my shit and all of that. Yeah, there's something so attractive about a partner who calls you out on their on your shit, mm -hmm. and it becomes completely not about your ego. It becomes like oh, wow, they care about me so much that they are telling me the truth about a situation. Well, what makes it attractive is they care about themselves so much mm. that they, you know, that's what makes it attractive. Not in an arrogant way, but in a, hey, It's like if you want to be worth. in my space and in my life, this Here's is... Here's what I need. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Final question, and you probably have a bazillion answers for this, but... For all the listeners, I like to always wrap it up by saying, what is your secret? Like, what do you do to cope with your hell when you're going through it, whether it's relationship hell, whether it's career hell, just when you're going through a tough time, how do you cope? Oh, man, um, I'm going to say, you know, you know what my goal is in life is to not have a lot of false moments. So whatever your hell is, as long as you're honest with yourself, mm. what, that's all you can do. Uh, lying to yourself is what makes hell forever, you know, because then you carry that. So um, as long as you have honest moments in your life, because that's going to equal self-esteem, you know, it's going to equal you being the, the, the best that you can be, you know, with whatever you can control. Um, that's, that's it. That, wow. that, that, change, that changes the hell because then it's no longer hell. You're honest. What else can you do but be honest, <laughs> you know? And what else can you do but be yourself and be human? And also yeah. understanding, like, stop lying to... Like, people don't normally want to lie, but it's, like, really listening to the voices in your head of what is your truth, what is your voice versus what yeah. other people want or what yeah, other that's people that's what I mean by you. honest. Um, putting action behind your honesty, not just... You know, when I say honest, people think, oh, well, I don't really lie. Mm -hmm. Well, do, do you um, exchange your truth for membership? Do you Are you a false version of yourself? Do you live outside in instead of the inside out? Like those kind of things. What right? do you mean exchange your truth for membership? Um, in my 20s uh, in Hollywood, I would um, be anything you wanted me to be to be a part of something. So whether Ooh. that's a club or be a part of um, – a relationship like you know romantically or to be part of a friendship 
so if you no longer do that, then you're now building self-worth. If you're always exchanging your truth for membership, you're living a powerless life. And this is why in Hollywood, everyone does it. And, and that's why everyone's driven by fear. Oh, yeah. And you said that in your speech you gave earlier about we will not be driven by fear. Mm. Oh, you listened. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, actually, because I, I was going to ask you about it and then I forgot it and you just reminded yeah. me because I feel like a lot of people make decisions based on fear. Yeah. And, and I didn't say we're not allowed to be afraid because everyone has fear. Mm -hmm. we're, we're just we're just not going to build love based on that. Wow. What is a fear that you might base your love around? Like as in like that they might leave you or like that you're scared of being alone? Um, I have a fear that um, it will end. Yeah, I have a fear. Um, I have this pattern of relationships lasting about three years. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that whole three-year itch thing. I want to uh, swim past that. Um, I want to give myself a new experience, you know, and so usually our patterns that happen, if we look at our relationships, they're, they're going to continue unless we take a black light to them. And so um, I have a fear that, um, yeah, one of us will check out before we should. Yeah. Or, or prematurely, you know. Holy shit. You are so vulnerable. You're so cool. You're so insightful. I feel like there's so many therapists out there that like fit kind of the mold but I think you're doing a great job at showing people that a therapist is not just kind of like a kind robot that asks you why you feel a type mm. of way and um, hopefully a lot of men out there too see you and want to be as vulnerable and open about their feelings where can my listeners find you listen to you read your books join kind of your world um, just at angry, the angry therapist across the board, mm -hmm. the angry therapist. And, uh, and yeah, thank you for having me on my, uh, podcast and, um, and all the kind words. Thank you so much, John. Yeah. You're killing it. And thanks guys for coming to hell today. We learned a lot of shit <laughs> and we didn't really get that angry, which, which was very nice. So, um, we'll talk no. to you later in hell. Bye guys. <laughs>